What is good, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast, man. Back at it again today, Monday, September 30th. Hope all you guys are doing well, man. I can't believe it's already the end of September. It's the last day of September. This month has gone by super fast. It just flew out of nowhere. Like, it's crazy. But October is approaching. It's tomorrow, obviously. But, man, for me personally, you know, looking back in my life, October has always treated me good for some reason. October has always been one of my favorite months. It's always, you know, it's that last quarter of the year. And it's that time where you really got to, you know, put your foot on the gas and just grind, go harder, level up, do what you got to do. And just keep working hard, man. Hope all you guys are doing good, though. It's a beautiful day, a great day out here in LA. I'm enjoying it. I'm about to hit the gym after this and go hoop. But with that being said, so we had a lot of things take place. First and foremost, the WNBA Finals. I'm not going to lie, I did not catch the entire game, and I'm still mad at myself for that because the Rams game came on. You guys know I love my Rams, even though we freaking lost to the Buccaneers, which was crazy, but I missed the WNBA Finals game one, and that's my bad. Forgive me for that, but I seen I, I watched a little bit of it, but I seen the Mystics were winning. I know Ariel Atkins had a really good game. She stepped up. Mystics win game two, but for sure, I will give you guys game two coverage. Um, I believe they play tomorrow in Connecticut versus the Sun game two, so forgive me for that. Also, some other news that took place today, this morning. Shout out to Governor um, of California, Gavin Newsom, who passed the Fair Pay to Play Act, which allows student athletes at these colleges to get paid for their likeness and their name and their image without getting in trouble by the NCAA. LeBron had Governor excuse me, Governor Gavin Newsom on his show, I believe the shop, and I believe he signed it on there on their uninterrupted channel. And man, that is a game changer. I don't care how you feel about LeBron, whether you love him or you hate him, please respect LeBron and appreciate LeBron because he's doing so much more for than just himself and his family. Like this is a big time thing. And what I want people, because I've seen a lot of people are getting like confused This bill is not stating that the NCAA has to pay its players. That's not what it's stating at all. It's just saying that these players that are putting in work and doing what they got to do that aren't earning money, they they can make some money if they, like, say they, you know, Gatorade wants to sign up to do an endorsement deal or Reebok or whatever, you know, if they're they're signed by school, you know, Nike might want to do something with them or whatever the case may be. It might be a, a boxer, like men's boxers, whatever we know, like, it's just allowing them to get paid if they want to do something without getting in trouble. And it's such a big thing. And I'm glad that the governor signed off on that. Like I said, shout out to California um, governor Gavin Newsom. That's a big thing. And it's just taking steps in the right direction. We've got to be one thing I do like about this day and age. Like I know a lot of people complain and say everybody's sensitive and stuff like that. But one thing I do appreciate about this day and age is that people are much more progressive in this day and age. And I love that. And I'll forever be grateful for that because we got to start making change. Like we got to start, we can't be what used to be. We have to keep getting better and better. We have to keep, you know, evolving in this world. That's what we're here to do. Keep making the world and pushing it to be a better place. But with that being said, shout out to LeBron, shout out to the governor. Um, Also today, I want to come at you guys and talk about a little bit of NBA basketball. So college basketball it comes back in, I believe, something like 36 days. I believe is when Kentucky plays my Spartans in Michigan State and Duke plays Kansas in the first game of the season. And the NBA season, I believe, is only 22 days away, even closer. That's about a little bit over three weeks from to, or three weeks in a day from today. So three weeks from tomorrow. So 
I'm ecstatic. I've been watching all these media day coverages from the Lakers to the Clippers. I watched the Pacers for a minute to see how Victor Oladipo's doing. Of course, I watched my Miami Heat. Jimmy Butler had his press conference um, or his initial um, press conference with the Miami Heat on Friday. It's just been fun. Basketball season is quickly approaching, and I could not be any more happier and excited. But I wanted to talk about a team that nobody's really kind of talking about, but I feel like I have to do my due diligence and talk about them. And that and that is the Detroit Pistons. Now, the Pistons, everybody thinks of, especially my day and age, like these time, these if you're growing up right now, like you're probably looking at the Pistons and thinking like the Pistons are are nobodies. They ain't got nobody good like that. They're a you know a low-tier franchise and all this type of stuff. But when I was growing up, and I, I don't want to make myself old, I was born in 99, but you know, the Pistons were coming off championships. 2000, what was that? 2004, they won the, a ring versus the Lakers. You know, with Chauncey Billups, Rasheed Wallace, and all them boys. Ben Wallace, um, Tayshawn Prince. They had a squad. Um, but regardless, let's talk about the Pistons, man. So last year, first year head coach who was wrongly fired from the Toronto Raptors, Dwayne Casey, got his, got this Pistons squad to a 41-41 and record, and they got him to the eighth seed in the Eastern Conference playoffs where they were swept by the Bucks in the first round, but they did give the Bucks a run for their money. Not necessarily saying, obviously, they didn't take them to seven games. Like I said, they only they got swept, but they were competitive in each of those games. And not only that, but Blake Griffin was hurt. I forgot what it was. I believe it was some type of knee injury, and he wasn't 100% healthy at all. But I'm not going to make excuses for him regardless. But all I'm saying is they kept the games pretty close and pretty tight for the most part. They got blown out a couple of games, but I, I think it was two games also that they actually kept the game really close. And the Bucs just were the better team, so they pulled it out in the end. But I like this new-look Pistons team. They're not, they kind of have majority of the same pieces that they did from last year. But I like what they're doing. They're definitely taking steps in the right place to get the Pistons back on brand to being a really good team in the Eastern Conference. So let's get into the roster a little bit. So obviously you have Andre Drummond, who's the franchise star as of right now. Two-time All-Star. He's a three-time rebounding champ. Last season, he averaged 17.3 points per game, 15.6 rebounds per game, and 1.4 assists per game. We all know Andre Drummond, one of the best bigs in the NBA. He doesn't get talked about a lot because Detroit never really has any nationally televised games, but he's consistent, and he plays hard, and everybody knows him to be that big man that just dominates in the post, and he doesn't really score like all the other big men in the league, like, say, Jokic or who else? You know, uh, Brooke Lopez. He's not like one of those. He's just like one of these old school type of bigs. But he doesn't really have a jump shot, even though he's worked on it. I've seen some. I've seen some improvements. I have seen some, but he's still very solid. He's still a really good piece to have. He's the anchor for that team. Then you have Blake Griffin, who was going on to technically his third season because he was traded from the Clippers to the Pistons in 2017, like in the middle in the middle of the season. But he's a six-time All Star. We all know that. Five-time All NBA. Last season, he averaged 24.5 points per game, 7.5 rebounds per game, excuse me, and 5.4 assists per game. If you guys know me, I have always given Blake Griffin a lot of hell. And the only reason because of that is because he played with the Lob City Clippers and they never did anything. Like, they had so many good squads with that team from the year that they had Lance Stevenson, Chris Paul, J.J. Redick, uh, Josh, um, Josh, um, what's his name? Oh, why can't I think of his name? Um, Josh... Is it Josh Smith? Yeah, Josh Smith um, and, a, and a whole bunch of other players. And obviously a championship caliber head coach in Doc Rivers. And they just could never get over the hump. And I felt like Blake Griffin, if he were to just keep elevating his game, and when he was with the Clippers, 
then he could have helped them do some things. But since he's been in Detroit, Blake Griffin has gotten better every year, whether it's been his playmaking skills. He's always been a pretty good passer, but now I think I can really say that Blake Griffin is an elite-level passer. Like He can almost pass the ball just as good as a point guard. He still doesn't have a handle like that. I'm not sitting here saying he's Magic Johnson or anything like that, but he's pretty solid. Like Blake Griffin is still a really good player. He's been able to stretch out his game where he can shoot the three ball now, and that's one thing I like. Like You're in the NBA. Your main job is to hoop. And you got to get better every year if you want to keep your job. That's it's just like in all jobs in, in life, period. And Blake Griffin has done a good job of that since he's been on the Pistons. Like I said, he wasn't really doing that when he was with the Clippers. I don't know if it was the L.A. lifestyle. I don't know what it was. But ever since he's been in Detroit, it feels like he's really taking basketball a lot more serious. Not that he wasn't taking it as serious, but it felt like he just really fell in love with basketball all over again. Because when he was at Oklahoma, it looked like he truly loved basketball. When he was with the Clippers, it looked like... He had some on and off nights that he just, it seemed like he didn't care. It seemed like he was just joking around. It seemed like he got his money, so he wasn't really caring. But now that he's in Detroit, he's gotten better. So that's BG32. Also, you have Reggie Jackson. Now, Reggie Jackson, probably one of the more slept on point guards in the NBA. But I like Reggie Jackson, especially for this team, because this team, obviously, they already have two post players and two all-star big men, all-star caliber big men, shall I say, that get it done. So you don't really need an elite point guard. And Reggie Jackson fits that bill. Like he's a very solid point guard. He can score with the best of point guards in the league. His crossover is really good. He handles it really good. Can really shoot the three. Reggie Jackson's been solid. I used to like Reggie Jackson a lot when he was coming off the bench for the Oklahoma City Thunder. He came off the bench for Russell Westbrook and he gave the Thunder really good minutes back in those days. He was a really good player. I like Reggie Jackson a lot. He's just a really solid player. He averages 15.4 points per game. 2.6 rebounds per game, 4.2 assists per game. For him, really, he's just got to continually, obviously, get better and just keep on the track that he's been headed on for the past couple years because he's a really good piece for this Pistons team. I think he's one of the best point guards for them. And then you you still got Luke Kennard. Now, Luke Kennard is interesting because I believe he came into the league in 2016, I want to say. Came out of Duke. He's originally from Ohio where he was the leading scorer of all time in points in the state of Ohio. So that tells you a lot. But... He needs to step up his game a little bit because last year he only averaged 9.7 points per game, 2.9 rebounds per game, 1.8 assists per game. Luke Kennard is a bucket, but he hasn't really proved it. And that's my thing. Like he can shoot the lights off the rock for sure. Like I'm not down his ability to shoot the floor or shoot the ball, excuse me, but he's got to be able to knock down more consistently because I feel like as good of a jump shot he has, he can honestly be like JJ Redick, if not better. Like, J.J. Redick has been a superb shooter. He's lasted in the league because of his jump shot, and he doesn't really do a lot of things else. Why can't Luke Kennard do that? He's a lefty, too. His jumper looks much better than J.J. I mean, they both look pretty, but if you were to ask me, I'd say Luke Kennard's jumper looks better, and I just feel like he should be able to get it done. I think this year, he definitely should step it up. Like, it's time for him to step it up. He's been in the league for going on four years now. It's definitely time to step it up. So, Luke Kennard, I definitely expect some things from you this upcoming season. Another player is Langston Galloway. He's played on the Pistons for a couple years. Kind of a more slept-on player, too. Um, I don't think people really give him enough credit that he deserves because he's another really solid piece. Like, he's not going to wow you with anything, but you can clearly see that Langston Galloway is a talented player. Last year, averaged 8.4 points per game, 2.1 rebounds per game, and 1.1 assists per game. He's still a very solid player. I like his fit on this team. He fits his team. He knows what Dwayne Casey wants to do with this team, and he runs it to a T for the most part. He plays his position really well. He guards... And I like Langston Galloway. So that's Mr. Galloway. Then you have my favorite player on this team and one of my favorite players in NBA history who they signed this offseason is Derek 
Rose. Now, D Rose, we all know, had all the injuries. Was one of the, could have been one of the greatest point guards of all time, um, and still going. You know, with all these injuries, all these knee surgeries, he's still going. He never gave up. He never folded. Still getting money. Still doing what he loves to do, even though he contemplated it a whole bunch of times. D Rose is still one of my favorite dudes, and that's just because he persevered and he never ever folded. That's a key thing in life. Period. Do not ever give up. If you love something, go after it for as long as you can. And D Rose, I believe they signed him to a two-year deal. Obviously, he was a three-time All-Star last year, which is crazy because a lot of people said D-Rose was washed. On the Timberwolves last year, he still averaged 18 points per game, 2.7 rebounds per game, per game, excuse me, and 4.3 assists per game. D-Rose is still averaging 18 points per game. Even when he was on the Knicks, he was still he was averaging 18 points per game. I feel like people don't appreciate that. Like Averaging 18 points per game in the NBA is not easy. And I'm not going to sit here and say he's playing at an all-star level or anything like that. But for him to go through what he's gone through and still be able to put up productive numbers and bring value to a team, it's rare. And that's why I respect and applaud D-Rose so much because it's like nobody's doing that. Like all the injuries he's had with from both knees to, you know, he had a he had some other injuries. He had some off-the-court problems going on. And he's still able to give you good minutes and produce and play at a high level. You got to respect him. I like this acquisition for the Pistons. I think this is a really good move. Bring him off the bench. He will give you quality minutes because the Pistons haven't really have, had a, a solid bench player in a minute. Now, if you ask me, like they've had some okay bench players, but they never really had a productive night in, night out basis. You can say, okay, this guy's going to give us good minutes every night. And that's what Derrick Rose is going to do for the Pistons. Believe me when I say that. Moving on. Another player that really is so frustrating to me because it's like, I always feel like this dude should have just went to college. And I feel like the only reason he should have went to college is just because he needed to get his weight up. And not just because, you know, college, I love college basketball, but just because he needed to get his weight up. And I feel like colleges, that even if you're just a one and done player, the college weight room, I don't know what it is, but they get you right. And I'm not saying that the NBA weight rooms don't get you right, but I just feel like college programs have more of a plan when it comes to weight room. I feel like NBA players, they just have a, a personal trainer. They don't really do workouts as a team when it comes to the weight room. In college, you do. You have reps. From what I've seen, most colleges, they put the whole team in the weight room at the same time, and they work out all the time. And that's Don Maker. Don Maker, I believe, also came out of school, in or high school, excuse me, in 2015, and he was deciding between going to um, overseas or playing in college. And he didn't know what to do. His guardians didn't know what to do. He was just lost. Like, he had no clue what he wanted to do. And so it sounded like he was going to go to Arizona State for a minute. People thought he was going to go to Kentucky for a minute. And, and regardless, everybody thought he was the number one player in that class. So he does what he does. He ends up in the NBA. I forget exactly who he got drafted to. I know he played with the Bucks for some I think it was the Milwaukee Bucks he played with for a minute. And he just never panned out. And he still hasn't panned out. And it's honestly kind of just frustrating it's not even frustrating it's just like disappointing because he's such like a good player and he has a really good game but it's like he's never really been able to hone his craft and get better like I feel like he's still the same player that we've seen when he was in high school except in high school obviously the talent is inferior so he's gonna dominate and that's exactly what he did in high school dominate now that he's in the NBA and the talent level is exactly evened out and even better than him it's kind of like he hasn't adjusted and he still hasn't adjusted but the Pistons are still you know giving him a chance Last year, he only averaged five points per game, 3.2 rebounds per game, and not even one assist a game. So it's like, Thon Maker has to figure it out. Do I believe in him? Yes. Am I betting my money on him? No. But 
We'll see. Don Maker, hopefully you do end up panning out. Moving on, though. Shout out to the Inland Empire, Moreno Valley, Riverside. That is where this guy is from. He goes by the name of Tony Snell. Actually played his high school basketball alongside Kawhi Leonard um, at Riverside King High School. But he averaged five points. Uh, excuse me. Last year, he averaged six points per game, two point rebounds per game, and 0.9 assists per game. Now, Tony Snell is going to be another. Solid piece for the Pistons. Last year, he played with the Bucks. Didn't really play a lot because the Bucks r- roster was so deep. So he really, you know, didn't get. He really wasn't able to find minutes on this team. But I do think he'll be able to find some minutes off the bench for this Pistons team. I think he's he's still productive. He's still a solid two-way player. Like he shoots threes. He can play defense. He's still a very solid player. Like I like his game. A little bit, not a lot, but a little bit. I think he can still give the Pistons some really good minutes, and that's why I I I like Tony Snow. I think he's he's productive to say the least. Another player that I believe they got from not the I believe they got from the Lakers is is Fee Mikailu out of Kansas. I believe he's entering his third year in the league. Um, just a sharpshooter, another sharpshooter that the Pistons can use. Pretty athletic and bouncy. If you ask me, I think he's about six five, six six. Sveen Mikhailu is a pretty solid player, too. He can, honestly, if you give this guy time, because he's still young in the league, if you give him time, he can end up being like a Joe Harris type of player for the Brooklyn Nets. One of the, A really good three-point shooter, a really just solid player that can know his role and doesn't do anything, but you have to give him time. You have to let him give him that room to develop. And I feel like the Pistons is the right situation for him. Last year, averaged only four points per game, one rebound per game, and one assist per game. But just give him time. I think he's a work in progress. Like I said, he can literally be exactly what Joe Harris is like for the Brooklyn Nets. If you don't know Joe Harris, he won the three-point competition last year. He's one of the best three-point shooters in the entire NBA. And I think Svee Mikhailo could definitely be that type of player. So that's him. Then another player that they got in the acquisition, I believe. I don't know if they traded him. I don't know if he was a free agent. Forgive me for that. But he comes over from the Washington Wizards. And that is Markeith Morris. 9.4 points per game. 4.6 rebounds per game last year and 1.4 assists per game. Markeith Morris is another very solid player for this Pistons team because he's a junkyard dog. He plays on both sides of the floor. He loves to play defense. He's going to talk smack, and he will give you some productivity when it comes to the offensive side of the ball when he's called upon to do so. Believe me, I like Markeith Morris a lot. He's bounced around the league. I know he was in OKC for a minute. or he, Yeah, he was on OKC's team, I believe. He, yeah, he was on OKC. Before that, he was playing with the Wizards, I believe, and now he's in Detroit. But I like this move, too, because the Pistons are really rounding out their bench to be really, really solid, and I like that a lot for them. So moving on, you got their draft pick. It's a cool Dumbayo, Dumbayo, I'm sorry, I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but Saku Dumbayo, 6'9", um, he's out of France, he's originally from Guinea, but he played in the top French league, and he was one of the best players in the French league, he was the premier player, and that's why NBA scouts and NBA eyes um, looked at him, ended up being the 15th pick in this past summer's draft, and the Pistons, it sounds like the Pistons really like this guy. And it sounds like they want him to be a part of the Pistons' future for a very long time. And they want to build around this guy. Um, I know he's about 6'8", 6'9". He's a forward. Um, and I've seen some highlights. I've seen he's pretty athletic. He's pretty versatile when it comes to just having an overall game. Usually people that come from overseas really have a, a much more well-rounded game because when they play out overseas, that's all they do. They play. It's like overseas basketball, honestly, is, is just like Santa, the San Antonio Spurs. They pass the ball, they move around, you, you learn to score without having the ball all the time, you learn to move without the ball, you learn the fundamentals of the game. And I think 
you know, with this guy, I think he is very talented of the highlights that I've seen. I've seen some full game clips too, and he's he's a competitor. I like I like to do it a lot. I think the Pistons really got I won't say a steal because I think there's some other players in the draft that are going to end up being steals, but I do think they got a diamond in the rough for sure, and that's why I like him too. Moving on though, we got about three more players, and also I want to keep a quick note too. I think the Pistons right now currently have about uh, I want to say about 19 to 20 players on the training camp training camp roster, and if you don't know. The full size that you can have for an NBA team is only 15 players. So I'm going to read you guys a list of 15 players. I've already read most of them, but the list that I have is the 15 players I do think that would make the final cut and be a Detroit Pistons for this entire 2019-2020 season. So just keep that in mind, too. Moving on, though. We have Bruce Brown. Now, Bruce Brown went to the University of Miami. He's been in the league for, I believe, going on his third season now, which sounds crazy. Um, he only averaged 4.3 points per game. Um, 2.5 rebounds per game and 1.2 assists per game. He was kind of like last year, he was kind of like the backup point guard or backup shooting guard last year for the Pistons. He could really play both. Honestly, he's an athletic guard, can shoot it pretty well, but I think his best attribute is being able to get to the cup and finishing through contact, whether it's, you know, at the rim, shooting a floater, whatever the case may be, a pull-up jumper. Bruce Brown's a pretty solid player, honestly. I think he could give them some minutes off the bench. I think with Derrick Rose coming to the Pistons, though, I think his minutes will kind of diminish a little bit, a tad bit. But I do think he can still give some productivity to the Pistons nonetheless. Moving on, though, we have Kyrie Thomas out of the University of Creighton. Um, pretty solid player, too. Only averaged 2.3 points per game last year for the Pistons. A little bit less than one rebound per game and a little bit less than one assist per game, too. This is another dude Pistons fans, I think, should really, really give some time to let him develop his game and get accustomed to playing the NBA game. Because, honestly, watching him at Creighton, because I watched him a lot of times in the Big East playing at Creighton a couple different times, um, he's a solid player. Like, a really, really good player, too. And I think, just give him some time. Like, let him grow. He could do it. And I think he's a really, really special player. And I think a lot of people in a few years are going to be talking about Kyrie Thomas for a long, long time. Believe me when I say that. He can end up being a really, really good piece for the Detroit Pistons down the road. And I like his game a lot. Another player is Christian Wood. I actually remember Christian Wood um, out of Finley Prep. Um, and Christian Wood is another interesting player. I believe he went to UNLV. Last year for the Pistons, he averaged 8.2 points per game, four rebounds per game, and a little bit less than one assist per game. Um... He's bounced around the league a couple different times. I want to say he played in Milwaukee for some time. I believe he played in Philadelphia for a little bit. So he's bounced around the, the league a few different times. But I think the Pistons might be the best destination for him because the Pistons don't have a lot of real high expectations. They're kind of a younger team, so they can give you some time to develop. And like I said, Dwayne Casey's a really good coach. He knows how to develop talent. He knows how to use his talent. And Christian Wood is about a 6'9 power forward that I think could honestly back up um, Andre Drummond or Blake Griffin and give you some quality minutes off the bench. Like, I think that's my biggest thing about the Pistons. They finally have a real solid bench that they can go to and rely on. Because once they took their starters out the game these past, like, I want to say almost 10 years now, it's like they had a big drop-off, like, all the time. Like, every time their bench came into the game, they had too much of a drop-off. And now they've really built themselves a quality bench that can actually last without their starters for a few minutes throughout the course of a game. And I think that's going to be big. Lastly... The last player I'm going to talk to you guys about is Iso Joe Johnson, who's coming back into the league. He had a few different teams that wanted his presence and his attributes and skill. 
Obviously, he was dominating the big three. He was the MVP of the big three. He was the leading scorer of the big three. His big three team actually ended up winning the championship in the big three. Um, and NBA teams noticed, and they, they called him. And a lot of teams called him, but he said he went and worked out with the Pistons. He loved it. He loved the organization. He loved the front office. And he canceled all his workouts after the Pistons workout. And pretty much, they came to a deal right there and then. Now, he's got to prove himself because the last time he was in the league, his last season, he did look like he was slowing down. And I mean a lot because if you know Joe Johnson, he was a bucket getter when he was in his prime. He was seven-time All-Star they called him ISO Joe for a reason. He was virtually unguardable. Every time he was by himself, you cannot guard him. He's shooting over you. He's getting past you. He's getting around you. He's crossing you over. He's breaking you down. Joe Johnson's a bucket. And honestly, the last time we did see him in the NBA, like I said, he did look slow. But I do think now with him getting back and he looks much more in better shape. Obviously, the big three is only half court. It's not full court. It's not 94 feet. But in the game is a little bit more faster. I think he does and is in pretty good shape where he is able to last in the NBA. And I'll say it one last time, give the Pistons some pretty good quality minutes off the bench. Now, for his career, he's actually averaged 16 points per game, four rebounds per game, and almost four assists per game. Obviously, the Pistons do not need him to average 16 points per game. But if, if he can average somewhere between eight or nine points per game, that's solid for Joe Johnson because the expectations are not high for him. He just has to be able to produce, honestly, and that's how I feel about it. Now, that is my breakdown of the Detroit Pistons. I do not have high expectations for them, but I just think they're not going to be an easy team to beat when the Eastern Conference playoffs come, and I do think they will make the playoffs. Obviously, you have teams in the East like Philly. You got the Bucks. You got Indiana, who a lot of people are sleeping on, Coach Nate McMillan, especially once they get Victor Oladipo back. They're going to be a really good team. You have Miami, who's a pretty solid team. The Nets are really good. Um, I think the Pistons are, are going to be somewhere in the mix. The Raptors will definitely make the playoffs. I like Orlando a lot, too. That's about seven teams right there, eight. I do think the Pistons will somehow fight their way into an eighth seed. If not, they'll be that ninth seed that just barely missed the playoffs. But like I said, if they do make the playoffs, I think there'll be a team that is definitely going to be hard to knock out of the playoffs. Believe me when I say it, it's going to be a tough time to beat the Pistons four times in the playoffs. I promise you. But moving on, of course, we got to get into some recruiting. So this past weekend, one of the top combo guards in the nation, if you don't know what a combo guard is, a combo guard is pretty much a point guard and a shooting guard, a kid that can play both. And one of the top combo guards in the nation goes by the name of Adam Miller, 6'3 combo guard out of Chicago, Illinois, Currently goes to Morgan Park High School. Played on the EYBL this past summer with Mac Irvin. Fine, fire, excuse me, has announced his final six schools, and they look like this. He has the University of Arizona on the list. Coach Bill Self and the Kansas Jayhawks make his final six. Coach Bobby Hurley and the Sun Devils in the Pac-12 make his final six. Head coach Brad Underwood in the fighting, um, in the Illinois Fighting Illini in the Big Ten make his list. Coach Chris Mack and the Louisville Cardinals make his list. And Wake Forest and the Demon Deacons in the ACC make the final six list of one of the top guards in the entire nation, Adam Miller. Now, back in the summer, he took official visits to the University of Louisville on the weekend of June 14th to the 16th. Then in August, he took official visit to Arizona on the weekend of August 20 or the week of August 28th to 29th. And then that 
that same weekend, since he was already in Arizona, he went to visit Arizona State the next day on August 30th through September 1st. And then his ra- his last official visit was just a couple weeks ago on the weekend of September 13th through the 15th. He visited Illinois. Now, Adam Miller is honestly one of my favorite play- players to watch. On the EYBL, he averaged 20.5 points per game, 2.7 assists per game, 4.1 rebounds per game. He's a lefty, but man, he's one of those kids, like if you're his coach at the time, and you're coaching this guy and just watching him on the floor, you all you got to do is tell him, give me a bucket, and he will get you a bucket. Lefty with a really nice stroke, can get to the rim and finish whenever. Honestly, he's just an explosive scorer. Like, he can fill it up easily. Like, he's, he's that type of player, like, you can bet your money, he can get you a 40 points per game a night. Like, he can go and get you 40 easily. Like, he's such an explosive scorer. I like his game a lot. He's, he can go left. He can go right. He can create. He can find teammates. He's a special player. And honestly, he reminds me of Trent Frazier. And for Illinois fans, I follow Illinois basketball very close and very hard. He plays exactly like Trent Frazier. Trent Frazier, they play exactly like it's honestly crazy why he's already not committed to Illinois because they play exactly alike. Trent Frazier has been in Illinois for a couple years now. Lefty too, just like Adam Miller, can score whenever, can pass, defends really well, a gritty player, doesn't give up on defense, plays hard, just committed to winning. And Adam Miller, uh, for the for a minute now, his recruitment's kind of been up and down. At a point, I thought Louisville was the favorites, but that clearly seemed to change things. Then it sounds like Illinois and Arizona State are the two top teams as of right now. So I think ultimately, I think he will end up at Illinois. I would not sleep on Arizona State, though, because Bobby Hurley, we all know since he's been at Arizona State, I believe he's going on his fifth year um, down in um, Tempe for the Sun Devils. I, you know, he does a really good job when it comes to producing guards and his guards play hard and at a high level at all time. And I can honestly see Adam Miller fitting into that system. But. I do think Illinois is the right place for him. I like Illinois a lot. I think Illinois can give him something that a lot of these other schools can't because the up-and-coming program, it's in his home state. They're definitely getting better every year. Brad Underwood and company are doing a really good job, especially with that, you know, hard pressure defense that they play every year, that that full deny defense um, that even my Michigan State Spartans struggle with year in and year out to beat. But Brad Underwood is definitely building a really good program at Illinois. I think ultimately Adam Miller will end up there, but keep an eye on him. I think a decision will be coming soon. I think, like I said, he already took four official visits. He's only going to have one left. I would not be surprised if that last official visit is either going to be, it might be Louisville, but I I mean, excuse me, it might be because the only schools he hasn't visited on his top six as on officially are Arizona and Wake Forest. But I mean, excuse me, are, it's just Wake Forest, actually. Forgive me, or Wake Forest and... Yeah, it's just Wake Forest. He hasn't visited Wake Forest yet or Kansas. That's what it is, Kansas. Wake Forest and Kansas are the only schools that haven't gotten that last official visit. So maybe, I think it will probably be Wake Forest just because Kansas is about to get hit hard by the NCAA for some bad stuff that they did. But we'll see. Like I said, I believe Illinois will end up getting Adam Miller's presence and uh, basketball ability, but that's just me. So keep an eye out for him. And then lastly, this morning, another one of my favorite players in the class of 2020 Five-star power forward slash center, Isaiah Jackson, who's a 6'11", um, like I said, power forward center out of Pontiac, Michigan, which is pretty much Detroit for those of us that aren't familiar with the Michigan area. Currently goes to Waterford High School and playing with the family, Michigan's EYBL representative team this past summer where he averaged 10.9 points per game off 53% field goal shooting, 1.4 assists per game, 6.0 rebounds per game, and 2.3 blocks per game. Now, 
Isaiah Jackson is one of the most coveted players in the entire class of 2020 because his game is built around his defensive presence. He is a real anchor type of player, and like he will block shots. He's just a really good rim protector, runs the floor really hard, is really good at finishing in traffic when it comes to transition offense. Like he can he will rise up and dunk on you. He's one of my favorite players to watch and dunk. Like he's just a really solid player. And the best thing about him is he's barely scratching the surface when it comes to his offensive game. Like he has a real nice pull-up jumper. He didn't really shoot a lot of them this past summer, but he has it in his package. He doesn't really show it off a lot. I think with with him being at a new school, because last year he played at Spire Academy in Geneva, Ohio, with him transferring back over into the state of Michigan and being the main and best player on his team I think he's gonna have to really show his offensive game and I think he's gonna show a lot of people that he's not just a defensive-minded player and so that's that but this morning he announced his final three schools and they look like this you have the University of Kentucky coach Calipari and the Wildcats you have the University of Alabama Coach Nate Oates in the Crimson Tide down in Tuscaloosa in the in the SEC also. And you have the University of Syracuse, the Orangemen, and legendary Hall of Fame coach Jim Beheim out in the ACC in Syracuse, New York. Now, he took a visit to Kentucky from the weekend of August 30th to September 1st. He was visiting Lexington. This past weekend, he actually visited the University of Syracuse, um, which was the 27th or the 29th. And it sounded like he had a really good time visiting Coach Beheim and the Orangemen in Syracuse. Sound like he really enjoyed that visit. And then October 25th through the 27th, he will officially visit the University of Alabama. So these are his final three schools. Honestly, first and foremost, before I get into the, the actual schools, um, for a long time, a lot of people thought he was going to end up committing to my Michigan State Spartans because we all know he has a pretty solid relationship with Coach Izzo from what I've heard. But Coach Izzo is the premier basketball program in the state of Michigan. And honestly, I just feel like it was premature. Like 24-7 sports had him going to Michigan State for like almost two years now. But you never really know recruitment, especially with a guy like Isaiah Jackson. He's kept his recruitment so quiet. He never really talked about it that you just never really knew where his head was at. I mean, I thought for me, for personally, I thought Michigan State was the favorite for a long time because he played alongside Jalen Terry, who was a commit to my Spartans this past summer with the family. And he also played last year and two years ago on, on the EYBL and high school basketball with Rocket Watts, who's going to be a freshman at Michigan State this upcoming season. So I feel like we kind of did have the edge for a minute now, but... A couple weeks ago, when my Spartans got the commitment of Matty Sissoko, that's when I know, okay, we're over Isaiah Jackson. That's when I knew that we mutually uh, separated ways. So we are no longer recruiting Isaiah Jackson. He is no longer interested in us, so forget about it. I don't know why Spartan fans were even talking about him, but it is what it is. But getting into his final three schools. So Kentucky, we all know Kentucky. They produce pros. It's always going to be a real nice attraction for kids because they produce the best NBA players that always get max contracts and they just produce them. So that's obviously Kentucky. Then you have Alabama. Now, Alabama is another interesting one because Nate Oates, who's headed into his first year at the University of Alabama, he comes over from the university at Buffalo out of New York, and he's going to be a coach in the, in the SEC, which is a big time premier school. Obviously, Alabama is a football school, but I guarantee you Nate Oates will have Alabama as a basketball school sooner rather than later. I've seen a lot of people asking, like, why Alabama? Do not sleep on Nate Oates, especially because he's already done some good things at while he was at the University at Buffalo. He got him to, to a couple tournament wins. They knocked out Arizona that one year when DeAndre Aiden was on the team in the first round. Then last year, they knocked out, or this past summer, or this past year, excuse me, they knocked out Arizona State, and they ended up losing to Texas Tech, who made it all the way to the national championship game. So Nate Oates is a really good coach. But not only that, he plays a real high-tempo offense. They run and gun all the time. They never slow down. And not only that, 
Renee Oates is actually from, he's from Wisconsin, but he actually coached high school basketball in the Detroit area. So he's really accustomed to the Michigan scene, the Michigan basketball scene more specifically. And so he has that relationship. And it sounds like him and him and Isaiah Jackson's family have a really good relationship. And like I said, they will be taking an official visit to Alabama on the weekend of October 25th through the 27th. So definitely keep an eye out for that because that will be his last official visit. And then you have Syracuse. Now, Syracuse is interesting but um, it makes sense also, too, because obviously Jim Beheim has played that 2-3 zone for forever, for like, what, 60 years now he's been playing that 2-3 zone. I can see Isaiah Jackson being that big man that sits in the middle and blocks shots all day and contests shots all day. That's what that's the main thing he'll do. Offensively, he'll get some touches, but I think that's probably the main thing he'll do at Syracuse. And as I stated earlier, he's already visited Syracuse. He visited him this past weekend. Sounded like he had a really good time out in Syracuse. And we'll see what ends up happening. But best believe, um, after his official visit going towards the end of this or next month of October, I think he'll make a decision somewhere right after his official visit to Alabama and in the beginning of November. So be on the lookout for that because the high school season will, I think, just have started by that time or, or getting close to starting at that time. So we'll see. That is five-star Isaiah Jackson. Be on the lookout for his recruitment. As always, shout out to Nuts and Bolts Sports. Go follow them on Twitter. Go check out their content. Go check out their other podcasts that they make. They do a really good job on their podcast network and their content. But I appreciate you guys. Please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review, and share. If you listen to my podcast on Apple Podcasts, please leave a rate review. That's how we get my podcast to go bigger. That's how we grow, and that's how we just get better, man. And with that being said, this has been another episode of the Kevo Bands Hoops Podcast. You guys have a beautiful and blessed rest of your day. I will talk to you guys soon. Enjoy the Monday night football game, even though I think it will be a weak game between the Cincinnati Bengals and the Pittsburgh Steelers, but enjoy it nonetheless. Have a really good rest of your day, and have a good rest of your week. Week, peace, love, and blessings gone.